you crazy metalheads. This is King Diamond, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks with John. Hey, this is Jeff Scott Soto, and you are listening to Iron City Rocks. Turn it up, baby. What's happening? This is Steve Blaze from Lillian Axe, and you're rocking with Iron City Rock. Welcome to episode 488 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I'm your host, John, coming to you from the Iron City of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, bringing you the best rock, hard rock, metal, and blues talk on the net. Episode 488, very, very pleased to welcome back to the show, after frankly too long, uh, Steve Blaze of Lillian Axe. Uh, they've got a brand new album, which was just released on the 19th of August. It's called From the Womb to the Tomb. And as Steve details in the interview, kind of a a journey of songs that, that kind of go through events in his life that I think um, have a lot of universal uh, similarities to all of our lives. So uh, really an interesting journey uh, the band takes us on in, in somewhat of a concept album, dare I say. I, I think I'd probably, as I, I mentioned him, call it more of a thematic record than a, than a full-on concept with characters and such. Uh, this is... Lillian Axe's first album in, in, sad to say, 10 years since uh, 11 The Day Before Tomorrow was released. This is their first on Global Rock Records. As you're listening to this, the band is actually hitting the road in the UK for the first time. They just did a, a giant show down in uh, Gatlinburg, Monster on the Mountain, here in the United States. Um, and then they were headed off to Europe. And with any luck... We'll see Lillian X back out on the road. So without further ado, I'm going to play you a track from The Womb to the Tomb. We'll get into the interview with Mr. Steve Blaze.
Pleasure to welcome back to Iron City Rocks after too long of a hiatus. We have Mr. Steve Blaze on the line. How you doing, Steve? Hey, John. How are you, buddy? I'm doing great. Great to catch up with you and uh, talk about a brand new album, which is is, is music to my ears, literally, uh, from womb to tomb, August 19th, going to be coming out on Global Rock Records. Um, it's been a little bit of, of a lag between albums. Obviously, we had a worldwide pandemic to screw things up and an economy that's gone sideways up and down and back and forth so can you talk a little bit about you know the collection in the band right now of of members of the band and a little bit about the songwriting process for these songs sure absolutely well the idea from uh for this album has actually been in my head for probably many 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 years even uh prior to some of the releases of some other records i always wanted to do something that was what i guess for lack of a better term conceptual Mm-hmm. Uh, and that really just means to me that there is a, a a common thread that goes throughout the songs that ties them together. This isn't a conceptual record in uh, the way that some are as far as uh, a, a, like an event or a story about a, an individual and actually, you know, with uh, precise uh, moments and going through one place. Or There's no like really like a chronological event type thing, mm-hmm. except for the fact that the, this record is about an entire life, not like a moment in history or an event. Um, it's, I guess you would say it's based upon my life, but the lessons and the realizations of my life, starting from the first track, which is breathe all the way through life and to the last couple of tracks from the mountaintops, which is about the passing on from this life or uh, or from the final realization when you get to that point in your life where you finally get that clarity that you you understand what we're about as best as we're allowed to in, in mm-hmm. our physical and then ascension into uh, into the next, which in my my spiritual beliefs, uh, I believe we're moving on to what we all know is heaven. So, that's where that is. So all the songs in between are 
chronologically laid out in realizations and lessons and and uh, parts of, of human life that I've experienced as far back as I can remember, you know, mm-hmm. being born. Uh, and so uh, it covers all those, and there are some references to actual events in my life. Uh, but the thing is, this isn't, even though it's based on what I've learned, all of these different ideas and lessons are common to most people. Like if I, if I talk to you about, you know, when the child realizes, uh, like in the golden dragon, that's the realization of a child that there, this is not all a fairy tale. You know, when you're a kid and everything is perfect and you, you don't have the worries and you don't, you don't see the ugly side. And then at that young age, whether it's six years old or 10 or nine, what doesn't matter at some point, every child realizes there's something more to some of us earlier than others. You know, we all have different paths, but I think these lessons appear to us at uh, relatively same type time in our lives. Sure. So uh, th- when I've asked other people about this, like, yeah, I, I totally relate to all of these things. So <clears throat> even though it's, you know, it's, based on when in my life I came to these realizations that we all go through these things. So that's where the, the album, I actually uh, had a friend of mine a couple months ago said, yeah, I said, I remember about nine years ago, you told me about this idea and, and the title from Moon to Tune. So I'm like, okay, well, I was trying to remember when I came up with the title. So it, it, it's been a while, probably 10 years ago or so. Um, so, uh, it's been in my head for a while. Um, the last 10 years, since the last studio record, we, you know, we released, uh, we had two releases. We had One Night in the Temple, which started off as an idea of just doing something very intimate, and then it turned into a DVD documentary and a two-CD acoustic set with the whole band playing 20 tracks from all of our records, <laughs> so, and a lot of deep tracks, too, as well. Wow. That turned into an event for 100 people that one contest or were like very close family and friends to us. It was a whole event where we played, we did interviews, we did meet and greets, we catered it. And then we, uh, we had special guests. The whole thing was, was amazing. It started off as something, just a little tiny idea. And it just blossomed in this main event that took us six months to pull off. Then, you know, we were playing, I was writing, trying to get, you know, some, I don't know, some semblance of, the right label situation to get involved in. Um, we were on a, a decent indie label, but uh, it, the label started like with most indie labels, financially struggling. So sure. we had to figure out what we were going to do. And then uh, last year we were approached by Global Rock, which is a brand new label under Store for Music out of the UK. And the A&R gentleman, Giles Lavery, was fantastic. You know, started talking to me, and next thing you know, we we signed them for a new record and reissued our catalog. So, um, with that's come a few changes. You know, we're the band's been around forty years next year, right? So, as in any relationship, things do change. The good part about with Lily and Axe is the, the the few changes that we've had have all been just people changing ideas in where they want to go with their life journey. You know what I'm mm, saying? So sure. not like, you know, you hear about everybody wants to hear a story. Oh, we want to hear a story about how, you know, Gene Simmons punched Ace freely in the mouth and that's mm. how they broke up. Kid. You know, I'm yeah. making that up of course, but 
maybe. Maybe. Yeah, you yeah. never know. Could have happened. I wouldn't doubt it. But, but you know what I'm saying. So, um, you know, people go on into different parts of their lives. Now, right now, um, Michael Max, who's the original bass player from Lillian, from when I formed the band 40 years ago, been back in the band for eight years now, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, Sam Forty Event still playing guitar with me. He's been in the band 24 years, 23 years. Uh, we have a new singer, Brent Graham, as a last, uh, he's been in the band actually, uh, going on three years, two to three years now. This is his first record with us. And then Wayne Stokely is the new drummer for about a year and a half ago. But, um, uh, these are all guys that, you know, we've been knowing for a while. And when the opportunities came up where their predecessors wanted to do different things, whether right. it's staying home and not playing as much or just wanted to try other musical things you know we all part as friends and and move on so you know uh where we are right now you know i am so really comfortable and happy i think it's probably the most completely satisfied that i've been in a very 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 long time um just the, the way we all gel and get together there, there's no, I don't have any baggage, you know, usually with dealing with human beings, there's some baggage, you know, sure. you carry around a closet full of baggage sometimes. And, um, it's just really, really smooth. I don't, I don't know a better way to very, these guys right now, uh, the Lillian guys are just so close to each other and, and not, not just performance wise and creativity wise, but friendship wise. And, yeah. uh, which is of major importance. So, Absolutely. Uh, you know, we've had a few changes over the years, but, um, this is, uh, really, really solid. And I think it's evident in the record. Absolutely. The, the album, when, when you, when you set out to do, you know, a project like this and you've got kind of a title in mind and, you know, however involved the concept it is, does it make it easier for you as a songwriter or more challenging because you've got a framework in which you kind of need to work. You know, you can't do a, you know, a, a bright, happy, you know, summer song kind of, you know, you know, that is totally out of the theme of the record. But you've also got a context in which to kind of channel your thoughts. Is that, do you like that, having that kind of framework, or is it, it harder for you? Well, I like the idea that I have um, this kind of margin to work within. The good part about it is that it's not like I'm writing a song that's simply about all these songs have to be about the color blue. Right. So that gives me a narrow yeah. down. So I'm, this is an album about the, the major lessons and, and uh experiences of life how open wide is that yeah that's that is certainly so but the challenge to me is that i'm never satisfied Mm -hmm. that i'm always trying to make something that digs in deeper than before um how do you do that yeah um i i know that and and i trust in myself and i you know and i trust in god's guidance I'm not going to be able to do this on my own. I need, I need assistance from others. I need God-like 
shining me, and I'll pray about it. Like I've got to make a record that kicks everybody's butt, that they understand, that moves them, that makes them say, wow, this, there's other people out there that feel like this, that, that gives them meaning and helps them get through you know the ups and downs of being a human being you know those are that's important to me it's become important to me you know in the early early days it was just everybody wants the band to be liked and they want you to think you're great and your songs great it's like now i don't have to prove that anymore you know yeah. every god gives everybody talents you know i cannot i can't cook i can't fix a car i can't dance now i'm i have my things that god has given me talents on like he gives everybody Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, did I put the work in? Of course I did. If you put the work in, and you don't even have to have the talent. You can be successful in what you do. But I have, so I, I know I don't have to prove anybody that I that I, you know, decent at what I'm doing. That I have the ability to do this. Okay, just like other people that are successful in their own unique genres. You know, everybody's got their gifts. So I don't I don't think I have to prove anything to anybody whether or not, oh, yeah, this guy can write and he's a good guitar player. I don't have to prove that anymore. What I have to prove is that this band and this legacy has have moved people's lives. That's what what I want to do. And mm. with this album, that's what I want to do. So when I sit down to, to work on it, I put the pressure on myself to do things that are going to... I want people to walk away and say that's, a you know, the most emotional... And when I say emotion, I'm not talking about making you cry or say I'm talking making you fired up, making you happy, whatever the the, the the context of that song, as it moves you, you know. And I like on this record when I've let a few people listen to, to certain songs, I look over and I see him crying, or they're looking at me and they're pointing to their arm, look at the hair on my arms, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and certain parts where people are being moved beyond just saying well, that's a great song, I love that, you know. It's those are the moments that that make me feel that, yeah, this is accomplishment. So on this record, though, the way that I handled it was I took it one piece at a time. I didn't write a bunch of ideas down and, uh, okay, this is going to be, you know, when the individual's in his 20s, this is when he's right. a teenager, this is when he finds about love, this is when he finds out about evil, this is where he finds out about supernatural, this is where he finds out about he's dying. Or I, I didn't do it like that. <coughs> I went with the first album. The first thing I wanted to talk about was the actual birth of the infant. So I wrote the song "Breathe," and it's 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 kind of an instrumental introduction. It has vocals, of course, but it's like an introduction with a. It starts off with the actual heartbeat of a baby in the womb, mm-hmm. um, and so from there, "Breathe" right into "I Am Beyond." So I wrote the songs in the order that we recorded them, except for a few that had already been written that. I had written about those exact things in the past, right. and that I said that song right there. There's about four or five of them that fits exactly at this part of the record. So I pulled them out of the archives, revamped them, re-recorded them, rearranged them, and then they made the album. So everything was pretty much either written or discovered in the order of the album, in the order of uh, the chronology of my life. Right. The only thing that hasn't happened yet is me dying or going uh, ascending yet. So hopefully sure. I got many years before I have to worry about that. But I know what it feels like and, and what it would feel like, and I know what I hope it's like. So I was able to take those ideas, and then that's where the album comes in. So it's when you're listening to it, it's it's like wa- reading a book or watching a movie. You can't mm-hmm. really like to get the full feel of it. 
it's not like ah, skip around, skip around, skip around. It all it's like one long piece with interludes that tie the pieces together, et cetera. Um, and so that's uh, it, that's it. To answer your question, the pressure has been pretty much on me. When I write, even when I write individual songs, I write them in my head all together at the same time. So it's not like a a riff and then a lyric, or right. a lyric then a riff, and then oh, I got this riff from this other song. And, um, let me just see if they fit and they push in together and just it's not like taking Legos and creating something from a bunch of different random pieces. Yeah, I it, hear everything all at the same time. It's probably very helpful, like you said, you're not you're not trying to write the story of Pink not wanting to go on stage or Doctor X and Sister Mary, where you've got a very tight storyline. You know, you've got kind of a, a almost a theme more so than a concept, I guess maybe. But, right. So that's certainly, you know, I think in that way you said, I mean, if you say to anybody, write about your life, there's certain, that's a, that's a very wide palette to pull colors from. So, yeah, that, that's, exactly. that's cool. You're, you're obviously very, uh, faith is very important to you. I, I, you don't hide that and never have tried to hide that. But is it something when you write music you're conscious not to interject too much of it you know because it seems like in metal and maybe this is just you know my perception as a fan and a journalist that sometimes when you cross a little too much into faith in music it tends to alienate listeners does that ever weigh into your decisions on what to write about Honestly, no. Maybe a long time ago, I was a little bit worried about it. Look, I've got, I've, I have peers now that will, you know, are so that I know in other bands that are so worried about, oh, you know, you know, toting the line and about, sure. oh God, don't say anything about this, this, this and that. Hey, look, it, it, I'm going to be true to myself. I'm going to be mm-hmm. honest. I mean, I, I, I don't think. I mean, it's. I don't really believe, even when you hear of atheists and agnostics in the world, mm-hmm. you know, everybody has their own path and their own ideas. I don't really believe that atheists and agnostics are people that believe in different gods or whatever. I don't think necessarily that they don't believe in anything. I think they're just not sure yet. They want, you know, people have different ideas why they believe in something. Look, it's not easy to have faith. Mm-hmm. Especially in this time, it's not easy to not believe in something that you can't see. You know, especially when we have to go in life, we go through some really dark times. All of us do. And how, how do you, you know, it, it's one thing where, where you're, when you get sick and you go get medicine, there's the physical medicine, you put it on, you get better, right? Mm-hmm. Well, when we're spiritually hurt, we we have to go by faith and prayer and believe in something we can't we can't tangibly see. You know, so how hard is that? So I think for the for people uh, that tend to, if anybody was to say, you know, oh, I can't listen to music. You you too you too uh, spiritual, whatever. Look, we're all spiritual. You you may try to act like you're not, but you all are. Everyone and there's a line in one of these songs. And I can't remember exactly what it is, but every dying breath um, leaves, uh, creates a, a, oh, I can't remember. It's my own lyric. I can't remember. But the idea was that it, um, it's in the fall of the human condition. Basically, I can't remember the, the line verbatim, but what I was saying that every, people on their deathbed 
more often than not want to come right with God or yeah. want to come right with themselves at yeah. that moment. Why is that? Why is that? Yeah, and that, that's they don't, you know. So, um, you know, I, I just can't be phony about it. Now, I'm not in these songs. I don't approach my belief system by I'm not quoting scripture. I'm not put. I'm not shoving anything in anybody's face and say you don't like what I like. I don't. You know, I have nothing to do with you. Uh, heck no. I, look, I've got. I, I try my best. I go to church. I do everything I can. I'm a born again Christian. I teach and instill it to my my family and my son and and my kids and all. But oh man, look, I, I don't get lie to you. I have lots of faults, man. I I try to work on it, but I cuss like a sailor, man. Mm. I'm not proud of it, but I do. You know, I I I mess up. We all mess up. The fact of the matter is, I know that when I mess up, you know, and I'm sorry for it. I'm forgiven for it. You know, and when I'm writing about these things, it's all towards you know, the spiritual betterment of human beings. If you've got a path that one of them says, this is going to take you to good things and this is going to take you to bad things and you've got a choice, who in their right mind says, I want to go to the where things are terrible and miserable and horrible? Who does that? Nobody. Right. I mean, honestly, you know, I, I they, somebody may say that because they think for one second it makes them edgy or cool or accepted by their friends or whatever. But at the end of the day, like I said, when you're on your deathbed and you have two places you're going to go, you're going to go where things are good. I mean, it's as simple as that. And, and I kind of view life like that. There's good and there's bad. There's sure. not, you know, there's there's gray area, of course, but it, it, the paths lean to one side. Sure. And so if if I can, through the, these songs, uh, help people to, to, to get themselves more leaning towards the good stuff, that doesn't make you... You know, that's what I guess that's one of the things that's kind of a misconception because you believe in God and you have a strong faith and you pray and you and you try to live a good life. That doesn't mean you're that you're judgmental or condescending, not in the least bit. I find more condescending judgmental people are ones that that aren't spiritually, you know, founded, so mm -hmm. to speak. You know, they seem to be the ones that are more judgmental. I'm, the, I'm like, hey, look. <laughs> Everybody has their own path to do. Let's just try to make it right. Let's help each other out, do good, be good things to each other, and uh, and move forward. And most of the people that I deal with that are strong in their faith are like that. I think it's just kind of an excuse when a lot of people say, oh, you, you know, you hear people talk about, oh, yeah, these uh, these Christians are doing this and that in their church, and they look at that. that. That's an excuse that a lot of people give to not get themselves right. And... Uh, so, you know, I just, I'm not going to be phony just because I'm worried about selling a few more records. You know, sure. I think that at the end, people are going to, people know, you know, most people that I deal with are spiritually strong. Most people that I know are all want to have a good life and they want to go, uh, they want to ascend to heaven when, when their time's up. They want to do the right things. And, and so if what I'm writing leans towards that, then so be it. Um, I would rather be on the right side of things. Let's sure. Put it that way. Yeah, I think we all would. Steve, during your career, I mean, obviously, you guys had worked with Robin Crosby early on, and um, you know, MCA, and, and had the, the you know the two albums and Poetic Justice with RS. Was there ever a time during that period? I, I think back to you know a lot of you know quote gunslingers were pulled for 
maybe a bigger gig, you know, like a Poison or Ozzy or even, you know, when Robin passed away. Was there ever any consideration in your part during that time or, you know, as the IRS years kind of came to an end of maybe, you know, going after a brass ring with a, you know, a gig like one of those? Um, I didn't go out looking for it. I did have several opportunities that went that came and went pretty fast um that i was approached to possibly play for i wasp was one of them i was called by lita ford i was called by warrant uh sebastian bach um trying to think of some other ones i've never put myself out there as a a gunslinger and i would Mm -hmm. never forsake lily but but i would yeah if the right situation had come about um I would have. I think one of the things that kind of preceded me reputation-wise was that I was, you know, I was basically the I don't know the the chief of the of my tribe, so to speak. Yeah. You know, like I was not a guy that was just going to come in here, and I would come in and of course and and, and do everything uh, by the the way they wanted it's their band i'm just a hired gunslinger but i was reliable i was somebody with no baggage i was somebody that you know i you treated me right and i would be there loyal that kind of thing but i was not somebody that would just be sitting over in the shadows all the time you know what i'm saying yeah and i would be strong personality and um so i think there were a lot of people that probably just said yeah he he, he's not going to want to do this yeah. Actually, you know, one of the things, um, I, I even went and auditioned for Wasp, and one of the things Blackie Lawless told me was that I, he said, he told me numerous times, and he said, I think you're just too good for this gig. And uh, I was like, well, you know, let me be the judge of that. But um, wound up not getting the gig because he went back to the old guitar player. Mm-hmm. But um, but it was kind of a thing. I think, you know, uh, he and I talked a lot, and, uh, you know, it, he he liked my playing and this and that, but it was just, it got to a point where I think um, he just kind of realized that I wasn't maybe the right fit for that band. Yeah. You know? Yeah, um, I think as you were talking about it, my perfect. head's trying to wrestle with what that would have been like. And, and although, yeah. you know, love both bands, well, love your playing, love his writing, love his singing, but I'm like, I don't know if that really works in my head. But, you know, I guess. Well, I was very well prepared. We did the audition and it went out real well and it, it took him like, several days to make a decision he called me he said look man this is one of the toughest decisions he goes he goes uh you know i just um he told me he said i think you're too good for the gig he said i we're get a bass player or oh, another thing is i didn't you know i wasn't like the kind of guy that you know like to go out and i, I was pretty low-key too and he yeah. was concerned that uh, that that would be something that would be uh you know being on the road for a long time, that kind of situation might, uh, you know, not go well. But it yeah. was—he was a great guy. He was real nice. We had a lot of really good conversations, and uh, you know, it didn't work out. I think that was uh, that was God watching out for me, yeah. um, just saying, you know, look, this isn't the right scenario for you right now. And uh, so, but to answer your question, yeah, I've had several people approach me that a couple of things. I did play, you know, I, I uh, played an angel for about three four years sure. actually took punky Meadows place from 99 for a few years uh but you know it would depend on the gig you know sure. if alice cooper called you know we, we'd work it out <laughs> yeah you know, I, th- I think every know, 
Everyone would work that out, yeah. <laughs> Take that in a heartbeat. Yeah, exactly. Steve, you... In the you, right situation, I'll, I know how to juggle. Sure. You know, I can juggle band. The... Um, I, I know you guys are going to be on the road with Riot Act uh, coming up in August uh, in the UK. Have you kind of solidified any touring plans for the album in the US in particular? Not really yet as far as we've got, when we come back, we've got a couple of shows lined up. Uh, we're doing the Rock Timber Festival in, in Minnesota and that's like the week after we come back from Europe. So we're, we're trying to figure out right now what we're going to do as far as towards the end of the year and beginning of uh, 23. Sure. But, um, you know, we're in a potential management um, contract right now with um, the company that we may be going with. So there's a lot of things, you know, that are kind of like hinging on what happens in the next few weeks. So, sure. so far, everything looks really good uh, as far as, you know, the response on the record. We'll see when it comes out in the 19th. Um, you know, up until then, uh, we're just kind of we're doing these Europe dates. We're doing Monsters on the Mountain next week or in two weeks. And we're doing a warm up show here in Mandeville to get ourselves to get the new set worked out before we go up there. And then uh, we'll see. All right. Well, Steve, I want to thank you so much again. The album uh, Womb to the Tomb comes out on the 19th of August. Um, I know there's a link on your website for it. Uh, it'll be fantastic to see you guys back on the road. Uh, envious of our, our listeners in Europe who will get a chance to see you guys and, and Riot Act out there. So until we see you, all the best, man. Thank you. We do have a video coming out next week for the first song, I Am Beyond. And I just saw the, uh, uh, the one of the final edits for it. And it's, it's going to freak people out. It's kind of a cross between Game of Thrones, Tron, and The Matrix. It's it's a phenomenal video, but uh, that's going to come out next week, and uh, it drops on uh, August 19th. It can, you can get it anywhere, Amazon, on Global Rock site, iTunes, all of your download um, uh, streaming uh, entities. You can find the new record. So thank you so much, John. Man, I appreciate you having me on the show, and uh, hopefully I will see you soon, and we'll talk uh, again in the near future. Looking forward to it, Steve. Thank you so much. All right. From the Womb to the Tomb is available now on Global Rock Records. You can head over to Lillian Axe on their website. That's uh, LillianAxe.com. Uh, pleased to see you can get merch. I mean, it's been a long time since you've been able to get your hands on Lillian Axe merchandise. Uh, been a big fan of the band. Uh, I remember a, a good friend of mine purchasing uh, Love and War on cassette and just kind of driving around in that summer listening to the death out of that album and then... Uh, Poetic Justice came out, and we were uh, lucky enough to have them come through Pittsburgh. They play graffitis, uh, which if you're in the Pittsburgh area, and many of you are, that was in Oakland. Uh, did a great set on an extremely snowy night. Um, hard to remember what year that even was, probably 92, 93, somewhere in that ballpark. Uh, but fantastic band, always been a big fan of them. And, and their music has really evolved um, and matured, you know, I, I was just listening to Love and War earlier today, and you know, great kind of party rock album, but with a lot of you know themes to it that were a little bit beyond the traditional hair bands. Uh, Ghost of Winter, for example, the song that uh, wasn't exactly a, a glam rock anthem, uh, but and the music has gone in that kind of direction. So uh, very intelligent music. Um, Steve, amazing classically trained guitarist 
and the music really reflects that. So I invite you to check out LillianAxe.com and From the Womb to the Tomb, which is available now. And hopefully, we'll, as I said, we'll get to see Lillian out on the road very, very soon. Until next time, I want to invite you to check out IronCityRocks.com. All the social medias are forward slash Iron City Rocks. We've been giving away a ton of tickets. Uh, depending on when you hear this, uh, we just gave away a boatload of tickets to see Anthrax and Black Label Society with Hatebreed at Stage AE. Special thanks to them. And we've got some great uh, tickets to catch out some of the events that are rounding out the late summer and early fall out at the Star Lake Amphitheater here in Burgestown. So, um, if you're in the Western Pennsylvania area, I invite you to check out our social media. They're all forward slash Iron City Rocks. And uh, interact with us. Drop us an email, ironcityrocks at gmail.com. Let us know what kind of stuff you're into, guests you might be interested in, uh, your thoughts on the new Lillian Axe album, uh, whatever. Love to hear from you. So, until next time, thank you so much for listening. <laughs>